Hey, it's Daron Ruskay, the Take One producer here. I just wanted to give you a heads up that today's episode is about circumcision, which means you may hear our guest using some terms for the male anatomy that some of you may find distasteful. You've been foreskip I mean forewarned. Hey there, and welcome back to Take One, the podcast that brings you just one piercing page of Talmud a day. I'm really sorry for this bad pun because the topic of today's page, Yivamot 71, eh, it's painful. Have a listen. And Rabbi Eliezer, who uses the words a sojourner and a hired servant for a verbal analogy, conforms to his standard line of reasoning. As he said, a convert who is circumcised but did not yet immerse is a proper convert in every way. Therefore, the verse cannot come to exclude such an individual, and he maintains that in the case of a child who was born circumcised, it is not necessary to drip covenantal blood from him. Since he was born without a foreskin, no additional procedure is necessary, which opens this really interesting question of people who are Jews by choice, who convert to Judaism, and the status of circumcision in their case, of joining the Jewish people through this very specific covenant. And I have the absolute pleasure of welcoming to the show one of my favorite writers, artists, illustrators, humans, Christopher Knoxon. Welcome. Hey there. Now, this question is not a theoretical one for you, is it? <laughs> no, I kind of wish it was. Um, I converted uh, probably eight or nine years ago, and um, I was, my name is Christopher, so there's no kind of hiding uh, my distant heritage. I did. I wasn't raised Christian or Catholic. It was just my mom actually named me for the A.A. A. Milne Christopher Robin character. <laughs> yeah, great. Explain that to a bunch of Jews. All right. And, you know, I, I, the story of the conversion isn't all that interesting, except that I married a beautiful Jewish woman and then didn't convert and waited 18 years partially because the three requirements, as I understood them, one was, you know, the Beit Dean, basically defending your thesis. Then you did the Jewish jacuzzi, which is that immersion that the good rabbi was discussing. And then, you know, there's the circumcision, which not that you asked, I already was, but I understood that that didn't exclude me, that I, I still had to offer up some blood. Which is a point, by the way, that I think to, to many people listening, would kind of come as a surprise. You would think, like, you already gave it the office, right? Why would you need an additional <laughs> ceremony? So so when you learned this, that there would be, <laughs> that you're not exempt, it's not like a language requirement course in college. You can't say I already did it. Yeah. What, what, what is it that you learn and, and, and what happens next? Well, um, you know, it's called Hatafat Dam Brit. They want a drop of blood. It was, it was explained to me that my original circumcision, which was performed in a hospital in Van Nuys, California, was not kosher. And so I would have to go to a moil. And, you know, they would say some blessings and prick my prick. And that would be that. And, I, you know, for a long time, I was just like, that's bananas. That's crazy. This is like... This is like a jumping in ritual. It's like it's like what frats and street gangs do. I'm not having anything to do with it. But the more I thought about it and the longer I sat with it, the more I realized I've had my my dick handled by so many Jewish doctors. Like this is not a big deal. 
And and the reality is it's sort of like an okay day at the dentist. It's not that big a deal. So I submitted and went for it. And I in the circles that I travel in, there's a guy named Dr. Andy, and he lives in the valley. And I went to see him at 9.30 at night on a weeknight so he could get his kids to sleep. I mean, it's not like a, a moil... It was not, it didn't feel religious at all. It felt more like a drug deal. Like, it wasn't at the temple in front of everyone with bagels and schmears. No, no, no. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I understand in the olden days, they would do it at the temple with, you know, witnesses and the high priest. This was like in a home office next to the laundry room where you could hear the sneakers <laughs> going in the dryer. <laughs> yeah. It was really weird. Now, as it happens, this is perhaps the most perverse question of all but as it happens or immediately after it happens is there a sense of spiritual transformation do you walk out and say like wow this thing happened and now i feel i don't know changed i wish i could say that it did land that way i did chew on it a lot so to speak i just i i I thought a lot about what the significance of it was i didn't feel anything particularly profound when it happened to be honest, like going for Chinese food with my family afterwards was a lot more profound. <laughs> <laughs> the experience itself just felt strange. You're like, it's, now I'm a Jew. I, I, now I can enjoy this yeah, Chinese yeah, yeah. food the way it was meant to be enjoyed. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I guess it is the, the best that I can come up with is that I think what the, the idea of offering up my most vulnerable part and exposing myself and being as open and as, uh, I don't know, vulnerable as I, as I could possibly be as a human man is the point, you know, and that I can get behind and I can feel and I can understand, but as a ritual, I mean, you know, it's, it's crazy to me that the Orthodox, the reform, the conservative, you know, I'm not sure where the reconstructionists stand on it, but everybody wants your blood. (laughs) you can't get into this club without going through it without the bloodletting well christopher noxon for for this ultimate sacrifice for this ultimate vulnerability uh for for the wisdom and the humor and for being our guest thank you so much thank you so much this has been take one If you enjoy the show, and I hope you do, please go and rate and review us on iTunes or whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts. Each week, we will be releasing new episodes Monday through Friday, covering the entire weekly portion of Dafyomi. Take One is a Tablet Studios production. The show is hosted by me, Leah Leibowitz, and is produced and edited by Daron Ruskay and Quinn Waller. Our team also includes Stephanie Butnick, Josh Cross, Mark Oppenheimer, Sarah Fredman-Ader, Robert Scaramuccia, and Tanya Singer. For more information, go to tabletmag.com slash takeone or email us at takeone at tabletmag.com. You can find us on Twitter at takeone.fiomi or join our Facebook group by searching for Take One Podcast. I hope we have made your day a little more Talmudic and we will see you again soon.